Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Safety is a human need. It's what drives the fight-flight response. Most of the time, we think it's about our physical safety. But emotional safety is just as important, and that's what can make relationships more difficult than they need to be. You might feel that emotional safety is most at risk in high-conflict couples, but those who avoid conflict or who minimize their or their partner's feelings may actually be the most challenged. But either way, if you don't feel emotionally safe with your partner, your marriage will be impacted. So I'm going to be diving into emotional safety, what makes it necessary, and most importantly, what it looks like with my guest, fellow marriage and family therapist, Lisa Kift. She's the founder of LoveAndLifeToolbox.com and provides tools for emotional health and relationships. So Lisa, thanks for coming on the show and talking about what I think is becoming a much more um, focused on area of relationships. Hi, it's so nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. And I think you're right. Emotional safety is really probably the most critical aspect of of a healthy relationship. And there are many things that can support emotional safety and make that go really well. And things that do not support emotional safety, it can create a lot of disconnection, um, Uh which can be fast moving or very slow and almost insidious. Right, kind of that slow, deadly drip. So can you, mm-hmm. give a good, can you give a good definition of what emotional safety actually is? Yeah, you know, I, I consider emotional safety in relationships to really be a felt sense of having each other's back or of knowing that the other is there. Uh-huh. Um, and there are a number of specific areas that I... I assess, you know, for each person in the relationship and how they feel with each other in that relationship. And uh, they are, I, I, I want to know how much they each feel heard by each other, uh-huh. how much they feel validated by each other. They feel the other empathizes with them. Also understood. It's really uh-huh. important to feel understood by your partner. Respect. You know, do you feel respected or disrespected by your partner. Also, whether you feel prioritized, do you feel your partner prioritizes you, right? Trust, you know, and then ultimately loved, you know, how loved do you feel by your partner? And there, you know, this is a a bit of a list that I just read, but they're all really important and hold that the key to emotionally safe relationships. If you each feel high levels of, of all of those with each other, you're more likely going to feel the other is a port in the storm, so to speak, mm-hmm. or can be relied upon, or you can be at ease and relax in with each other. Well, it's, you know, as you were going through that list, I'm thinking, oh, well, I've, I, I know where I've, I've, seen it, I've seen instances where that's not happening or this isn't happening. I mean, and when you talked about the, uh, feeling like a priority. That's something that I hear a lot. Um, 
you know, and and also to be to be heard and understood. And I'm and I'm replaying conversations that you know that, that couples have had in my office, where where they're they're really either not listening to each other or it's almost like. I have to prove to you that my feelings are valid. And I would think that this wouldn't be a place where emotional safety would be high. Yeah, you're right. And it's, and I, I see similar couples who are clearly struggling to hear each other, let alone validate the other's emotions because they have, they have really both moved into defensive maneuvers mm-hmm. with each other. They're already ready to defend their position or talk over the other or um, they, they both, they both are um, indicating already right there that sort of suspiciousness and Uh um, not, not trusting that, that the other is connected to them or that the other's out to get them in some way. It's just communication in general. If you think about it, her, you know, feeling heard and validation and empathy, right. Uh uh Feeling understood you know, all that comes from with that good communication where you're really listening to your partner, you're taking in what they have to say, you're reflecting back, oh, I, I can see that you would feel that way. Even if you don't understand it necessarily, you uh-huh. can truly at least empathize, right? Uh-huh. And then ultimately really feeling like they're understood by each other. And I think that, you know, when you have communication problems over time where those things aren't happening, then they don't feel really understood. And then you see them in the office, right? And they're uh-huh. just back and forth, clearly not hearing each other Uh um, and defensive and maybe even aggressive and more conflict oriented at that point. Yeah. And so it's, you know, so you're talking about this and, and you know, this communication, this, this lack of it. And, you know, and, and, you know, my husband and I have had this and my listeners will go, Oh God, she's telling that story again. But, you know, this whole thing about um, I'm always cold. And so he's told me over the years that I could put my cold hands and feet on him. And I have told him, please do not put your cold hands and feet on me. I do. And so we have this understanding, right? But then I'll put my cold hands on him and he says, you know, you wouldn't let me do that to you. And then it, it would give me a moment. It gives me a momentary pause. It's like, well, have you been lying to me all this time that it's okay? You know, and, 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 and I can, I can feel that when that, when that little thing happens and it's very small and it's something that has been going on pretty much our entire relationship, but there is just that moment of disconnection of feeling like, was it not okay for me to do this? And so in just in that mm-hmm. brief moment, it's like, Ooh, are we okay? And I think what I'm hearing from you is that, that it could be something that's that small, quote unquote, but if it happens, if it consistently happens or continues to happen, then I can see how it could kind of erode what would be my feeling of safety with him. Is, is, is that sort yes. of kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's different um, varieties of this and mm-hmm. how it can happen. You can have the like you said, the, the, the more blip-like moment where uh-huh. it's kind of like a, ooh, ouch, like it's more of a mild ouch, but over time it builds up and it becomes in totality a bigger ouch. Uh-huh. But then you have the more really, I think, deeply impactful that can really resonate um, more profoundly in a negative way. Let's say, let's say that you're trying to share some hard feelings 
with your partner, maybe about something that happened or mm-hmm. something difficult happened in a relationship and you want to share that and you're upset about it and perhaps they don't, they're not listening or they don't appear to care or they're not really tending to you or to that, which then leads to what, what, what meaning do you make of that? Well, gosh, they didn't seem to really care that I had something that was important that I wanted to share. They certainly didn't validate my emotions. Maybe they don't really care that I'm upset. You know, uh-huh. it's those kinds of things that they're, they're these big breaches in connection, right? Uh-huh. Over time can start to lead to questions. Does this person really care about me? Don't they want to know, right, that I'm upset about this? Don't they want to talk, help me talk through it? Or are they just going to want to be on their phone? I'll use the phone because <laughs> that comes up so much, right? The, yes. the phone and the, the block, the obstacle in the relationship. Yeah, or seem more interested in their phone or their email or their social media than, hey, I'm trying to tell you something that was really hurtful. Uh-huh. You don't seem to care, right? Now, are, when, when you're talking about that, are you talking about something that within that relationship that's been hurtful or something that maybe a relationship with another person has been hurtful and I'm now just coming and sharing it with you as my partner, or is it actually both? Well, actually, I, I was referring to, I think I gave the example of if something had happened with a friend that day okay. that was upsetting. Mm-hmm. But even more problematic, right, and a deeper hit on the relationship is if one of them was trying to share, hey, you know what, when you said you were going to, you and I were going to have a date night tomorrow night, and then you just canceled to go out with your buddies instead, that actually really hurt my feelings. Can uh-huh. we talk about that? I was looking forward to spending time with you, right? Uh-huh. Uh, if it's in the relationship, then obviously the, the impact is even deeper, right? right. But there, are, there can be a, a variety of things from really small, like little moments of just like, ouch, like a baby ouch, uh-huh. and then really more deeply emotionally impactful, particularly when the, the partner is not responding to you about something within, that, in, within the relationship in the way that is helpful and that may be more hurtful instead or rejecting, or dismissive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. you're just too sensitive. <laughs> like, oh, oh. right. That's, <laughs> no. That does not go well. No. Um, we are all sensitive people, and we all are vulnerable, and some may be more than others, but that mm-hmm. should never be used as a as a whipping device, yeah. right? It yeah. shouldn't be used as a tool to uh, against each other, right? Right. So what, mm-hmm. what are some signs that a couple's emotional safety has taken hit? I mean, we're talking about some of these little ouches and maybe some of these bigger things. Mm-hmm. But if, um, if I were looking at a couple from the outside, um, you know, what, what would I be on the lookout for? I mean, when, I, when my husband and I go out to dinner, I frequently want to take my cards with me and just fling them onto other tables because I see people like they're on their phones, they're not talking to each other. It's like, why are you guys here? But, but what are what are some of the things that that would be a a, a red flag or an alert that emotional safety maybe maybe in the mix? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing is they're they're getting into more conflicts. The mm-hmm. conflicts are becoming cyclical, argument a lot, fighting a lot. Um, they have, uh, there, there's sort of more of a presence of anger and hostility, uh-huh. um, or the opposite pulling away sort of like, 
backing away and disappearing in a way. It's sort of like you either get the uh, a sort of more aggressive anger show or uh-huh. the just disappearing, which can be more of that hopeless, kind of feel more like hopelessness. But in either uh-huh. case, there's it's resentment. Resentment has built up, right? You don't want to see resentment building up because it, it's an indicator that there's some hits that have happened, whether it's in communication or the things we talked about, or maybe, you know, trust violations, by the way, betrayals in that are massive, massive uh-huh. hits to emotional safety. So that would be on the, on the real far end. Um, other, other signs would be, um, you know, where they just, they, they look to be adversarial rather than on the same team. You know, the uh-huh. relationship has shifted from the, from collaboration, right. Uh-huh. To adversarial and, they don't trust the other is there for them in the way they need. And, and that could mean a whole lot of things. If, if they don't feel like they've been prioritized for a long time or the other is making choices to spend time with other people uh-huh. other than the partner or, uh-huh. you know, or there are violations or they don't feel respected or all those things. I mean, over time, it's, they, they start to, on a deeper level, wonder, does this person really have my back? Can I rely uh-huh. on them? And there's so much value and need for um, safety in that way. I mean, it's really just like parent-child is really the, the original you uh-huh. know, need for emotional safety with all the attachment studies and all of that. The, the second place is really the intimate relationship. But they start to not believe that the other is there, Right. Mm-hmm. And they can either be more hostile, looking for, for fights, looking to battle, um, or perhaps they're shutting down and, and it's, you know, that show of giving up, sort of two opposite ends of that. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting as you're, as you're talking about this, and, and one of the things that I see fairly regularly is this... Um, conflict, maybe that's too strong of a word, but this tension maybe is a better source between my family of origin and my spouse, right? My siblings, my mother, my dad, you know, whatever, and and my spouse. And for me, one of the big things is you stand by your spouse. You do not, you do not leave your spouse exposed to your family, but that seems to be a fairly... Common. I don't want to say normal, but a very a, a fairly common thing because because it is somebody is really pulled, or or it could be between my spouse and my children, right? Because that's another fairly common one that you know, and especially in our child centric society, that our children get all of our energy, all of our attention, and our and it's not that our spouse is jealous of the children I mean that's that's not what's going on but they're but they're missing that connection to their partner so are these some of the kinds of things that that can impact emotional safety as well I think that that the first example is probably the most profound one that comes up a lot and it's Uh where there's uh there's a a lack of allegiance shall we say to the partner um, Uh um but more of one to the family or not standing up or setting boundaries where it's appropriate. Uh, this is very tricky waters because you get, you know, you get, you get the families of origin, right? And people uh-huh. have all sorts of ways that they can be impacted by things that they've learned in their families of origin and how to be in relationships and their view of the world and themselves. And 
going back into that can almost for some people um, feel like they're regressing into mm-hmm. childhood in some ways. That's why you get a lot. I know for me, I get a huge surge and people, couples wanting to come in ahead of holidays when they're going to be going home or yep. having family come because of that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're right. The, the primary family within that is really your partner and you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out how do you, how do you get through the weeds of the complications around family pulling different dynamics of your family of origin and your mm-hmm. partner and maybe how your partner feels and perhaps what is sometimes a toxic maybe situation or isn't the ideal or maybe they, they do need some shielding and maybe it's valid that they want to take some time away and not go to every event. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about the, the things that come up. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're right. It's got to be protecting that that primary, and it's sometimes very hard for people to figure out how to navigate between their partner and their family, especially if they have not done any of, done any of that work themselves right. already. Yeah, I mean, and it mm-hmm. and it is really interesting because I mean, I remember, um, you know, my husband when he when he first saw me interacting. Um, in my family of origin with pretty much my entire family, he was like, who are you? Because, you know, I slid right back in to that, you know, to, to my place in the family. And, and, it, and it's not right. who I was away from it. And he's like, I mean, and in our case, luckily for me, I didn't, I didn't live, we didn't live near, near my family. So we didn't interact with them all that much, but he was like, I don't think I like this person, <laughs> you know, and, and, and in fact, it actually caused a family rift because he once said something to me as we were leaving my sisters that came back in another family thing. And it was just like, okay, that didn't go well <laughs> because, you know, he goes, mm-hmm. how come you let your, how come you let your sister treat you that way? It's like, what do you mean? You know, cause he says, you would never let anybody yeah. else treat you that way. And it was like, um, well, people have real blind spots to that. Yeah. People have real blind spots, just like when you go back into your family of origin, that the blinders can go on. You just mm-hmm. said you get transported mm-hmm. back into when you're, you were, whatever role you were within that family, and everyone falls into place. Right. And, and, and in some cases, some people have done some work, and there's some shifting, and you've got people that are in different places. But in a lot of cases, everyone's sort of operating in the same way, but they're just right. however many years older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and it can be very interesting when you're standing on the outside, but, but it is, you know, and, I, and when I talk with my couples, I say, you know that part of the marriage vows about forsaking all others, and they'll look at me, and I'll say, yes, I said, that's your family of origin, are the others. <laughs> not, that you don't, not that you don't have to have a relationship with them, but they now are second, or third, or fourth, or somewhere outside of you and your partner, and that seems to, you know, and, and, and suddenly I'll see light bulbs go on, because it's like, oh, but they don't necessarily know how to do that. Well, and if you have grown up, let's say, with a parent who's a little bit more perhaps boundary invading, and, and uh-huh. you've always had a certain dynamic with them, let's say, just say, let's, let's say it's your mother let's say you're you're a guy it's your mom you've always kind of had this dynamic and for you it's normal and then you get a spouse in the mix and maybe there's that that behavior continues and the spouse feels uncomfortable Uh and feels pushed and encroached upon she's not accustomed to that and is looking at him saying hey 
don't you see that this is not appropriate? And he's saying, oh, oh, gosh, I'd never thought about that before. Right. And he's never asserted himself with his mom. And so mm-hmm. now he's an adult, married adult, with a partner who's saying, oh, this doesn't really work. Right. Can, can you help? We changed can, you, yeah. can you intervene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell mom, no, we actually need some time. We don't want you coming for a month. Right. And can you, whatever it is, right? Right. And he, it may be hard for him because he's never done that. And so it mm-hmm. takes, yeah, it's, it can be tricky. Tricky yes. waters. Yep. It's, it's exercising muscles we haven't used. So this is Happily Ever After. Fine. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking about the importance of emotional safety to your marriage with fellow marriage and family therapist Lisa Kift. If you or your partner don't feel emotionally safe in your relationship, it's going to be very difficult to share your deepest feelings and create real intimacy. And if you're missing this critical component, your marriage is actually at risk. And if you want your relationship to be all it can be, I can help. So I invite you to take a moment and either send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and is in Nancy C is in Charlie.com or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463 and we'll set up a time to talk. So let, I want to get back to this conversation. Um, so Lisa, what what can a couple do or 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 an individual do if the emotional safety simply doesn't exist and maybe it hasn't existed for a long time? Yeah, so when couples come in to see me, oftentimes, I mean, unless they have read, they've, they've looked at my websites and they've really learned to understand that I do, I write a lot about emotional safety, but oftentimes people come in not, not with that understanding and they, they have no idea. They, they come in with their, right, symptoms, right? You're like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're fighting, they're mad at each other, he did this, she did this, da, la, la, la. And I really want to help them to understand that at the heart of this is, the impact on their emotional safety, and then they both kind of go, oh, and then get on board. And then it's like, how do we do this? How do we Mm -hmm. rebuild, right? What does this look like? I think that the first, the most important thing is to really be willing. Both of them need to be willing to look in the mirror, right? You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to to look at your own role. Uh, It's very easy to point the finger at the other, which may be valid information, but be willing to put a mirror up in front of you, both. Both yeah. of you be willing to do something different with, with, within the relationship, and that may be uncomfortable, stepping towards each other in a way that is scary. But if uh-huh. you both take those steps forward, then uh, you, can, you can create safe moments where maybe it's inspiring that more safe moments can occur. Also being aware, aware of um, some of the, the sensitivities and wounds that have come up between you and having some compassion for that and try to minimize reactivating that. And, and a lot of that really is housed under like this umbrella of being able to communicate more effectively. And that's uh-huh. slowing things down. Like, I think as you probably have seen couples come in and they're angry, they're upset, they're whatever, they may be firing back and forth and not hearing uh-huh. each other. You've uh-huh. got to learn to slow it down, pause, listen, reflect back. What did you say? What, what did you hear me say? And clear up uh, misunderstandings because I think uh, assumptions and misunderstandings are some of the the biggest problems that lead to um, communication breakdowns. Uh Maybe you have it wrong. Check in with each (laughs) other. You know, I'm 
say, hey, you know what? When this happened, I made a story up that you met that. Is that what you met? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. A lot Mm -hmm. of people get really off track by assuming they think they know and they don't. And they've wasted a lot of psychological and emotional energy where it didn't need to be, right? Being upset. Uh huh. Makes sense? Right. I mean, yeah. and it's, you know, and it's interesting because um, I, I was having a conversation with a client this morning and, and, and he was talking about, um, you know, her, her feelings. And he goes, well, wait, I, I've actually never shared this with her, so I don't really know what she feels. I'm going, yes! <laughs> It was like breakthrough because we do make these assumptions, especially if we've been with our partners for a long time. It's like, well, I, I know what I know what they meant. It's like, do you? And is it possible that you could be um, mistaken about that? And you know, and, and you know what? You yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just gonna say that is so big that misunderstanding because it amplifies the more the lack the more emotional safety is being challenged uh-huh. the the more that that comes up because they start to their assumptions of what the other's intentions are gets more and more negative right uh-huh. Uh-huh. they're assuming the other is going to respond negatively and that just gets worse and worse so it's even more important to check in with each other and um and correct anything that, that, that's been a misunderstanding in the moment and then not have it add to the resentment pile. Right. And, and you know, and it can, be, it can be really hard. And one of the things that I work with my clients is, you know, I, I tell people, it's like, I don't let you tell somebody what, what they're feeling, thinking, <laughs> wanting. I mean, it's like you, you can talk about yourself to your heart's content, but don't say he, she, thinks this, wants this, meant this. I said, that's, you, I mean, you know, unless you've got the whole Freaky Friday thing going on and you can actually get inside somebody else's body to know. But, you know, and, and that's part of that pattern, that, that resentment pattern, that, that distancing pattern, that unsafe pattern where I'm assuming that my partner is ill-intended. And it's like, well, where's that yeah. story coming from? And, 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 you know, and so when you're talking about this emotional safety piece, um, it, you know, or the lack of trust, because I can't trust this person, or I know, you know, or I come to this conversation, I've gone to my closet and brought out my sword and my shield and my suit of armor, and we're going to war because of what I believe you meant. And it's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you know, because then already yeah. then the conversation is off kilter because I've, I'm assuming it's going to go bad, so I'm prepared for it to go bad. And so when it goes bad, see, you proved my point, which to me is just yeah, and I think continuing the yeah, spiral. Yeah, you're right. And then it ends up in a ne- the same negative cycle. And so I think it's really helpful for couples who are trying to work out of that is also to, is to practice taking a, a deep breath or taking a mm. few deep breaths to get in a place where they're not physiologically as activated. They have to, you know, if, if they're doing the work in therapy and they've established that this relationship matters, giving uh-huh. them both the benefit of the doubt in that moment. Uh-huh. And I think the other thing that they need to, you need to make sure that, that they do and establish as they're trying to rebuild emotional safety is clarify what do they both need from each other that they're not getting. 
and really trying to see if you can target those things. And maybe it's um, I, I'm more um, attentive listening when I'm trying to share something, or maybe one needs a hug, wants a hug at the uh, you know when they as a greeting when they come in the door, or uh-huh. or I mean it, it could be a lot of things, behaviors if they can both do that, and that it's small ways to show up and take steps towards each other. Okay, so if I don't feel emotionally safe with my partner, I, I hear that taking some deep breaths, because again, never underestimate the power of breathing, but taking some deep breaths to calm down. Mm-hmm. But if I don't trust them, if, how do I share what it is I really need from them, from the relationship? How, you know, that to me is... is really scary when you say that. Mm-hmm. Well, which is why I think a therapist, you know, you or I, if we're doing good work, we are mm-hmm. helping them to have those conversations together in our presence to practice. Mm-hmm. If okay. they are both showing up, if they are both showing up to couples therapy, they obviously, that, that, that's mm-hmm. step one. You know, if they're mm-hmm. both acknowledging they really want to make changes and they, they want to save the relationship that that that's number two they both want it to be better uh-huh. so I think having those conversations in front of us and then also knowing when when they're not in front of us because they're only with us for a very little bit right. of time right in their life is to remember you know what what their bigger picture is and that they both want it and but this is why they both have to be really mindful to both take steps towards. Uh-huh. And if the other um, makes an attempt to connect or reach out in some way, right, to make uh-huh. sure not try not to miss those cues because that may, you may not see that effort again, right? You just, uh-huh. it's just back and forth, back and forth. And then when I see them again, I want to hear about these moments where they, you know, where, where they share where the other showed up or maybe where they, try, they tried to show up and it wasn't responded to and what can they do differently. But uh-huh. you're right. Part of it is when there's so much lack of safety, it can be terrifying. It can be scary then because uh-huh. you thought, I don't want to get my head chopped off. Right. So it's really, hopefully as a therapist, you've cultivated enough of this intention together. We, this is hard, but we uh-huh. both want it and kind of like, like just blowing the embers, right, lightly, just getting that fire slowly, slowly. But, uh, but the rest of it is up to them. And sometimes it can be challenging and it's very hard. I mean, that, there's just no way around it. Well, and, you know, because you know, it's, this, it's this weird push-pull that we, you know, we want this person to be, to be our person, right? To be, to be mm-hmm. the person that has our back, that we can count on. Yet we sort of want them to do that by osmosis without me actually having to say to you, honey, here, when, when <laughs> yeah. this happens, here's what I need because now I've just opened that door. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like I call it the mind reading school of relationships. It's like, well, why should I have to tell my partner? Shouldn't my partner just know? No, your partner. Now, they might know some things, but, and that's also, you know, a recipe for disaster because, you know, because they know this thing, they should know this other thing about me. It's like, I don't know how they would know this. But it's, you know, but then it's like, how do I take that first step? Um, and I'm assuming that maybe, maybe baby steps, maybe not jumping into the deep end and like sharing some 
really vulnerable thing, but maybe just a little vulnerable maybe? Would that be what you would recommend? Well, I mean, I think that that's why early on I asked them, I want to understand what they both need that uh-huh. they ha- need from each other that they haven't been getting. And, that, and that's the opportunity to, for the, each to learn what's important to them so that they're not mind reading because you're right, that doesn't, that's not effective. And it is about baby steps. Mm-hmm. It is about baby steps, and sometimes they're like excruciatingly tiny baby steps. But in my opinion, if there's any movement, that's positive, right? Uh-huh. We need to celebrate that. And for me, at the end of the day, we're, I'm always looking for signs of hope. Because when hope yep. is extinguished, that's when you're in big, big trouble. And you and sometimes both of them are at the end of their line, and the hope is barely there. That's that whole ember thing. I'm blowing on the uh-huh. embers as a therapist trying to figure out, can we get this hope generated? And we talk about that. Um, but it's baby steps. It's teeny and sometimes teeny, teeny little ones. <laughs> right. And, and the other tricky thing is if one is not and if one is not sure, this is where it gets tricky too, if one uh-huh. definitely wants it and one is not sure. And you've got to meet them both where they are. And that's another ball of wax, right? But, uh-huh. again, it can be, it's, yeah. But it can be very rewarding work to see people effectively do that. And I've seen it so many times, and it's, so, it's life-changing for them yeah. and, and exciting to be, oh, uh-huh. we can do this again, and oh, we can be a better version of ourselves too, by the way. Yeah, which is, which is so critically important. So, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing this really important information. And where, where can the listeners learn more about you and what you – and your writings, because you write, I mean, you've got some great stuff out there. So would you please share? Thank you. Well, um, uh, they can find uh, my all my work, my emotional health and relationship articles and content and a lot of things at loveandlifetoolbox.com. And, uh, yeah, I've got some tools, uh, some, some e-books, some, a course. I've got a, some consultations that I offer for people. So there's, there's a few things to, to take a look at, so I'd be happy for them to check it out. Oh, great. So physical safety is important for you to survive, but emotional safety is critical if you are to live and to love, and it's what you were seeking in your marriage. If you had taken a Relationship 101 class, you may have learned how to have it, but it's never too late. So if you want a marriage that thrives, how can you build emotional safety? And I hope you found this show as informational as I have. And until next week, stay loving. Bye.